Hello and welcome to Close the Loop, the HR podcast series that dwells into the fascinating world of leadership, where HRs tell us their reflection about employers, employees, and everything in between. This is your host, Greta, and throughout this episode, we'll embark on a thought-provoking journey to understand, dissect, and bridge the gaps that arise when different cultures converge. In a rapidly globalizing world, where organizations bring together diverse talents from all corners of the globe, the interplay of cultures has become a central theme. But what happens when these cultures collide? Today's episode of Close the Loop seeks to unravel the complexities of these clash points, offering insights into the challenges they pose and the opportunities they present. Joining us today on this episode, we have Mrs. Sanjay Mashere, AVP and Head of the HR and Admin Function at NCDEX eMarkets Limited. He comes with two decades of experience in various industries like manufacturing, servicing, BPOs and KPOs, infrastructure, and now the agri-tech industry. Welcome, Sanjay, and thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Greta, for having me here. It's a pleasure for being here. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say uh, about today's topic, Sanjay. So while we're at it, let's deep dive into it and navigate through the Culture Clash Chronicles at Modern Workplace. Why don't we start with understanding the term Culture Clash in today's workplace? Can you help explain this concept to our listeners? Yeah, uh, Culture Clash, I think we have been experiencing since ages now. And if we have to talk about the workplace culture clash, I can just give a, well, that's how I look at it. And I, I call it 3G culture clash. So it's basically starts from generation. Okay. So there is a generation based culture clashes that we have seen in the organization uh, these days all along where people are working with the millennials, the Gen Zs, and now the Alpha Zen is coming into picture. There are, you know, of different way of communication or the decision-making process has been very different in different generations. And that's where uh, there has been some, uh, we have seen some conflicts around it. The second GI, as I say, is the gender-based uh, culture clashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, though in current world, there has, there is a lot of awareness and we have been doing a lot of as you as we call it, the diversity and inclusion into the workplace, but still there are we see a lot of unwanted biases that make up or we kind of the unconscious bias that we call it. So that sometimes creeps in and which sometimes creates that culture clash. And finally, uh, the third G, according to me, is more of a geography-based culture clashes, where different now the entire ecosystem of the, the job or the organization has been globalized. The East meeting the West within the country and India being such a diverse country in terms of culture. So there has been some conflicts and clashes and misinterpretation of things. I think this is how I see the current, the culture differences in, in an organization or and in a setup, mm-hmm. absolutely. And do you think these culture clashes are easily identified? If no, 
How can HR professionals proactively identify these culture clashes in their organization? So culture clashes, I don't think uh, there's a very specific definition of identifying a culture clash. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it, it definitely requires a lot of understanding on today's HR professionals uh, like us. Well, have to be very proactive in conducting regular surveys and understanding or gauging the employee satisfaction scores mm-hmm. to, to analyze you know, where and how it's moving. A very distinctive point in today's what I've seen is this turnover ratios and the reasons of being done you know, for the turnovers. In the traditional years, it was generally used to be around the job satisfaction or the role satisfaction or primarily around the money finances. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I'm seeing there's a trend where people are talking about the environment of the organization, the culture of the organization, team alignments. So there are, these type of reasons have started coming in for the turnover. Yeah? Well, and that is a very distinct indicator of how the culture, difference within culture in a workplace is also factoring into a turnover. We should monitor the interpersonal context, if any, that is going in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they do not surface out, but having your ears and nose to the ground, the HR people should, and not only HR, but also I think everybody as a, at, at, the, at an organization level in the workforce should keep uh, looking at it and observing it because that the small conflicts between the team or peers can give us a good understanding of if there is any cultural clash of, you know, of any sort. Understood. And uh, have you encountered any culture clash uh, maybe in your organization or from in a friend's organization? How do you think was that was resolved? <laughs> so... Yeah, cultural clashes in my career for around two decades. I have uh, encountered multiple cultural clashes in all the facets of this 3D that we just spoke about. Uh, I don't, I really don't have a straight answer to that because I think this is a very continuous process. Uh, there is no one-stop resolution for a cultural clash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it can, it should be measured with some uh, indicators in terms of your employee satisfaction score or the Gallup scores or things like that. And also, to, uh, which is when I go back now and see what what changes we could do you know, to resolve those clashes or, or the, I should say, the gaps between understanding the cultures of each other. I well, Like for an example, if I have to give when one of the organizations that I used to work, there was a huge amount of employees from the traditional generation, which I say, the millennials. Mm-hmm. We have They have a very different way of doing things and the decision-making process way different. Okay. Right? Uh, whereas when these people, are, when the next gen, generation people came in, they are very fast. They understand things very well, quite fast, and they have, they're very innovative. Right. So the solutions that they used to give immediately okay, in a setup like a manufacturing setup, what we used to call as the tool room meetings, okay, they used to give very innovative ideas, which were not initially, which were not taken as a very good 
observation point or as a remedial to the solution uh, or the problems. Over a period of time, I've seen that yes, now these boys are being considered very seriously in the terms of whatever feedback they are giving because one of one of few of the feedback that they've given technologically has proven that things can be better in that manner, can be faster in those type of you know, uh, ways that they have explained. Yes, uh, I think things are getting better, things are changing. Uh, people are trying to understand each other more. Yeah. And I think that is the solution of uh, any cultural differences, any of them. So, no, uh, one person should understand the other side. So it's happening. Absolutely. Makes sense. And I'm sure through this entire cultural difference, right, or the, like you said, the three Gs that we're talking about right here, there are a lot of challenges as the HR and virtual one faces. So how can HR teams effectively gather feedback from employees regarding, of course, their cultural challenges or these cultural challenges that we're talking about that they could possibly be facing? In my view, an HR person or anyone in this fraternity, to gather feedback from employees, you should have your ears and nose to the ground. There should be a proper feedback mechanism to where employees should feel free enough to respond back a two-way communication channel should be developed mm -hmm. so that the employees can talk back if they're feeling any distress or they feel uh, just discomfort is there which will help us to understand what type of challenges are there that the employee is facing mm -hmm. generally in, in workplace what we do is we talk about the talk with the employee probably when he's exiting out and we have a long exit interviews. But I think that's too late for us to discuss with them. Yeah. Oh, so it should be a continual process while they're there, they're in the system, what challenges are they facing? And we should also talk about the remedials because they are the best people who will give you the remedials. So a continuous discussion, a continuous two-way dialogue should happen. With, you, know, you, you can create any type of channels for that. You know, there are a lot of intranet social medias that we have created in workplaces these days. So those type of platforms need to get created. You should, a mix groups also should be created for a particular set of interests that they have. And the discussion in those type of groups needs to be monitored so that we understand people coming from uh, different backgrounds but having one particular interest point how they react in a close group and comment. True, rightfully, beautifully said that. And since we're talking about uh, two-way communication, right, maybe let's deep dive a little bit more into uh, the strategies, right, for addressing these uh, culture clashes. Of course, you rightfully mentioned a two-way communication. But in addition to this, maybe how can an HR create and implement effective cross-cultural training program because I believe it's these trainings that actually go a long way into molding and developing employees. So what are your thoughts over here? Yes, definitely. Absolutely. So cross-cultural training programs actually brings in a lot of awareness about the other side of things. Mm -hmm. People try to get into an understanding more. 
are implementing cross culture awareness actually sensitizes everyone in that particular subject or matter okay generally the training should focus around different cultural perspective you know in terms of communication style the customs uh, to promote empathy and you know, this may induce some sort of misunderstanding that gets created because of mm -hmm. cultural differences so along with that we should also have a very comprehensive diversity and inclusion strategy and well, that should talk about the goals and the initiatives and the timelines that our organization should follow in creating these type of goals and evaluating how the goals are performing and the best way to do this is definitely like you rightfully mentioned a two way communication and being more aware right correct communications can be through as i said through some smaller internet platforms or surveys feedbacks membership when it should not stop although officially formally informally the communication should not stop and you spoke in the beginning about how today's workplaces have become a lot inclusive not only workplaces in fact how today's society how today's community have become a lot inclusive and acceptable of the different or the diverse cultures backgrounds and those that we're talking about maybe for those organizations or those hrs that still face a little bit of difficulty adjusting to this diverse setup this diverse culture or background Maybe what are what would you suggest some actionable steps that they can take to create such inclusive workplaces? Yes, uh, as we as we are speaking about now, the entire workforce is actually getting out uh, quite aware about the inclusiveness and the diversity that brings in with it. So in that, I think some of the action levels that should be like. some assessments mm -hmm. pre post assessment should be there okay in terms of once our dni goals are already been set the process is set should always do our try to assess things pre launch of the programs and definitely post launch of the program so that a clear range is there to understand how things are being done okay mm -hmm. employee feedback as i've been i may sound a bit repetitive here but employee feedback i feel is very important in understanding how the employee perceive these type of programs yeah based on that uh, and their involvement in those programs because as an hr as a management we have a lot of programs that is and we can create but inclusion and the participation of employees in the, those type of programs were important yeah. so i think that if we can have some conflict resolution data or any as i was saying that we should keep tracking those interpersonal conflict that keeps happening i don't know if we can create some data out of it and monitor it at least and look at the what the frequency and severity of the conflict related to cultures and break it down as much as possible with the help of training or not counseling for that matter uh, i think these should be solved the action points that should be there 
one another could have could be an if we can have an inclusivity indicator which helps or can in, indicate a degree of inclusion that has happened okay the cultural competence in the organization if something that can be created understood true and which actually got me thinking we live in a result driven environment or a result driven organization or community or society i would rather say where we drive our actions to attain results we measure our achievements basis the you know results of basis but we measure our results basis the achievements or uh, some sort of measurable outcomes that can be valued that can be measured while we address culture clashes uh, you know how we can be more inclusive how we can take steps and strategies to address manage and create a healthy workplace culture and avoid any sort of negative negativity when it comes to culture clashes my question to you sanjay is how can you measure the success of these initiatives that of course are aimed towards addressing all topic the the topic at hand that is culture clashes as i said yes we really need to do a monitoring and measurement as it it's a bit difficult to give a number or process the mm-hmm. only thing that we need to follow is to see the trend okay or when we're doing keep doing those employee feedback surveys and try to understand the trend in terms of those culture clashes that used to happen i don't know it i don't know whether we it will actually lead to a resolution type of a thing but because yeah, according to me is more of a continuous process one day this there's so much of inflow of talent in this workplace everybody coming from different background generation and things like that so giving it the correct framework of saying ki ha if this is achieved the things are done i don't think well, we can have anything of that sort it is a very continuous process and we can we should keep evolving the measurement criteria every time should evolve in terms of understanding the the success of the programs that we have got it well i think one more way of measuring these outcomes would possibly be the uh, actual presence of or involvement that we see from employees right where we of course set these norms in place and put strategies into practice I think maybe correct me if I'm wrong here, Sanjay. But if seeing directly, right, when you yourself witness employees being more proactive in terms of their behaviors, in terms of how involved they get in their work, be it the engagement an organization comes up with, I think that is also one way to measure that your practices or your strategies are definitely correct me if I'm wrong. absolutely absolutely as i said employing the environment in any of these programs is absolutely important and that should be one of the indicators of whether this barriers of cultures cult are been taken off yes what you said is absolutely right you know uh employee engagement yes and over your time if you see that the trends are changing as i see say sometimes the thought and one of the biggest thought process and 
paradigm shift that has come brought along with this COVID was this work from home culture for specific specifically for the industries like IT or manufacturing. Now, these type of shifts, when are these shifts have been accepted by the traditional force or people who have or like us who have we never used to think that work from home is also possible to achieve hundred percent productivity. Mm. So when you see people accepting these type of culture changes, I think that's a good indicator of staying saying that now that yes, the program that we have run has performed well. Specific now, if I have to talk very specific, one of the programs that we have been running is about DNI, where we talk about the inclusion of LGBT community or mm-hmm. uh, in different programs. Now we have also extended those type of programs in our health and wing and the meeting of the insurances that people are taking and all the taking. So right. we are able to extend those type of benefits also in these type of through these deep type of platforms. So I think this gives an indication that yes, uh, the diversity and inclusion is getting uh, the awareness is uh, coming to picture and uh, just getting more fruitful. Absolutely. I think to sum it up, as an HR individual, as an HR professional, it's very important to be proactive and to, of course, keep up with the modern trends because in today's evolving world, today's evolving uh, society, it's very necessary that we stay updated on what's going on out there and how we can implement those kind of practices. Of course, in a positive manner, making sure we attain the end goal, which is organization of success. Of course, and like you rightly said, uh, Sanjay, any changes to be implemented is always followed by a gradual and continuous process. So experiment, uh, keep training, keep checking, keep seeing what new you can do. Let it be a gradual and a continuous process. There should definitely be no break in between because that's where you learn, that's where you grow. And my dear HRs, for all those listening, it's very important to be very aware or what's happening on ground and more involved, Sanjay rightfully said. Unless and until you're not aware and unless and until you're not involved, you will not be able to address the root concern and cause. And last but not the least, always inculcated, open and continuous communication in the organization. I think this is how the whole culture clash, whether existing or not in your organization, will definitely be solved for, will definitely be explained for. And uh, as much as possible, that feeling amongst employees will definitely not come up to the brim. Any last thoughts to our listeners, Sanjay? Anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yep, I think the the work also the workplaces are evolving in terms of addressing these type of cultural class issues. People are getting aware of the differences and how and accepting the differences and working together. Sometimes, as we call it, it is very important to be together even when we are not agreeing for decision. So to agree to disagree is also very important these days. And this is happening. And I see a lot of changes in the past few years uh, to be very specific in these type of uh, cultural differences been accepted and people going forward together and, and giving a good result to all these programs and the differences getting shortened in that terms according to and on that note uh, I think this brings us to the end of today's podcast I'd like to say a big thank you and thank you so much Sanjay for this insightful discussion definitely enjoyed having this conversation with you 
Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for having me here. And it was a true pleasure to have a discussion with you. Likewise, Sanjay. And a big thank you to all my lovely listeners for sticking to the end with us on this episode of Close the Loop. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes where we dive deep into the real-life workplace scenarios and the lessons that they bring. Remember, the real magic happens here when we close the loop. Thank you and see you in the next episode, everyone. Thank you.